0: Welcome to By the Fiberside, a knitting and spinning podcast from the southern edge of northern Alberta, Canada. Episode 12, Calm and Centered. Sometimes, size matters. I've been working my way through my works in progress, trying to bring the number down to a manageable level, and I've hit that critical point. The point when all those small projects are done, and the ones that are left? Yeah, they're the big ones. It's, it's daunting. The tapestry, the master spinner program, my level one wall hanging, ethereal, which is a fairly significant lace shawl, the lighthouse shawl, now up to over 500 stitches per round. Half the green braid left on Mercedes, my old traddy. Even my travel spindle is currently taken up, with a fiber of which I have two bags, all of which I want to spin up and ply. There's nothing small, no no palate cleanser, no appetizer. Nothing that's a quick start and finish. The pile of projects staring at me is filled with significant commitments of time and energy and in a lot of cases, the projects are a little less portable than, say, a pair of socks or mittens. Yet I drag them around, to work, into knitting groups, and I do work on them, even if every time I leave the house, Mike asks me if I'm going away for a week. These, these feelings I'm having make me question why I'm fighting the urge to cast something new on. If what I'm working on is beginning to feel like a chore, why not? keep the knitting mojo going with something bright and fresh and new? Well, that would be the devil on my one shoulder. The angel on the other says working on these other larger projects will bring them that much closer to completion. And that is the aim of working down those works in progress, is it not? Oh, those two. I suspect we all have them. They're the ones that whisper in your ears as you walk through the local yarn shop, saying, Ooh, pretty! And... You have so much yarn at home. The ones who say, Oh, yum, dessert. And I bet that has wheat flour in it. The ones that say, Why not read your book tonight? And just look at all those dishes that need to be done. I suppose in life... If we only ever listen to the one voice, we'd be living in a very messy house with no appreciation for the things that we have, and if we listen to the other, we'd be living in a very clean house with no appreciation for getting the things that we want. One cannot listen to just one voice all of the time. It's just not healthy. The definition of life, then, is the choice in which voice to listen to each and every day. How selfish do I want to be today? How selfless? Because we should not go through life being just one or the other. I've spent a lot of time on the selfless side of the equation. I will do the dishes and the chores more often than not, and I'm usually pretty good about walking out of the local yarn shop or bookstore without much of anything. I'm a bit weaker when it comes to pastry, though. But, hey, it's pastry. In point of fact... Fibre arts is probably one of the more selfish things that I do. Between the yarn, the classes, the nights out, and the time I spend at it, I invest a lot of me time and money into it. But it's a selfish choice that has a selfless consequence. Fibre arts are calming, centering for me. And a calm, centered me is a lot easier for other people to be around. A calm, centered me finds it a lot easier to spend that time on the selfless side to do the dishes and the chores and to have that self-control around yarn and books and pastry most of the time but more than that taking the time for me taking the resources for me makes it easier for me to provide time and resources to others there's a mound of big projects staring at me the tapestry will be gifted when it's finished the lighthouse shawl will go back to the group to decide what to do with The Level 1 wall hanging can't go up until we buy a new house. Ethereal, the Travel Spindle, and Mercedes Braid are projects that are either hardly started or barely halfway through. Master Spinner is, unfortunately, still hung up on my legs. Yes, each stitch is one stitch closer to the end. But is it helping me find that calm-centered place? Or do I need socks for that? Thanks for listening. This is By the Fiber Side. Fiber Week. One week from now, I will be sitting in Olds getting ready for the first day of my Level 3 Master Spinner class. I'm I'm starting to get packed. I've got the supply list here and, and I'm starting to put things in uh, in the big bag that I usually take to Fiber Week. I'm getting groceries, very important, and I've got my meal plan all set up for the week. So I am good to go. So that's very exciting. I am really looking forward to it. I'm going to be in Olds on the Friday, though. Oh, that's four working days from now. So thrilled. And, uh... And I'm going to be able to just hang out with a few people and just spend a lot of time on the weekend, just just being part of Fiber Week. A lot of the uh, social events are on the weekend in the evening, so it's going to be a lot of fun. So that's all good. In terms of level two, I've actually been doing some of the blending. I've got four blends all ready to go, ready to spin when I'm when I'm able. I'm going to bring them down as well. If I'm feeling okay over the weekend, I'll, I'll spin them up. So that is everything for module C1, I believe, um, except for the textured mohair, which I'm going to spin from from uh, just teased locks. And I've got one blend done for module B5, which uh, I chose to do alpaca and rambouillet because uh, that particular blend you needed to add memory to an inelastic fiber. So they're all looking really nice. I'm, I'm really pleased with, uh, with the way that they look. And with four of them out of the way, I need, to, plus, well, I guess the textured uh, mohair one, since there's not much prep to do for that one, we'll call it five. That leaves seven exercises outstanding in terms of, you know, fiber preparation. So I'm pretty pleased with that. I'll see, I don't know how much I, if I'm going to be able to get anything done this week between all the appointments and stuff and then packing on Thursday night. And I may just say, you know what? I'm going to leave that at home. I'll bring what I've got prepped. I'll spin it if I can. And then when I get back, I'll. it's going to be Tour de Fleece. And my personal goal for Tour de Fleece is to finish my level two homework, assuming that my legs are better. and uh, And we'll go from there. So yeah, and after next uh, next week, I can start talking about level three. I read the level three textbook. I finally got the PDF and there are parts of it that scare me a little bit. And I know we're going to go over it in class. I know we're going to go over it in class. It's all good. But one of the exercises is to recreate a commercial yarn from a sample and then to recreate a commercial yarn from just the information on a ball band or that you can find on Ravelry. And that's kind of scary. Just a little bit. So, you know what? It's going to be an awesome week. Uh, my brain's going to be completely full of information. I'm not entirely sure next episode, because that will be the the weekend immediately following when I get back from Fiber Week. I'm not sure how, how hung together it's going to be, how, how logical it's going to be, because my brain's going to be full, and I'm going to be doing some talking about it. So... So yeah, so that's sort of the fiber week, level two, level three update. And the second last bit of level one that I'm going to talk about is uh, you have to do a one page essay on the characteristics of wool. Now, wool, wool is an amazing fiber and, and I'm kind of sad that I didn't discover it before now. There's a lot of people out there who say they're allergic to wool, but very few of them are genuinely allergic to wool. Just because wool, you might find wool itchy, doesn't mean you're allergic to it. The prickle factor in wool has a lot to do with uh, the spinning technique and the actual diameter of the wool fibers. A thicker wool fiber is, say, in a medium fleece or in a a long wool. Because it's a, a thicker fiber, it doesn't you know it doesn't bend as easily and so you get the ends poking out and and if you're if you've got sensitive skin that will make it itchy but doesn't mean you're allergic to it some people genuinely are i'm not saying they aren't but wool shouldn't be discounted the differences between each breed of sheep means that there's probably a wool out there that that you can wear without Without it being itchy, merino is one, and that's why you see a lot of merino out there for spinners and in wool, because it's uh, it's a very fine wool. It's got a lot of crimps per inch in it, and uh, and that makes it so that those little ends don't poke out and make it uh, make it itchy. As much, but there are a lot of other things about wool that are really awesome. Wool. It's, uh, it's hygroscopic, which means it absorbs and releases water and it can absorb up to 30% of its weight in water before it starts to feel wet, which I think is pretty awesome. And that's why you see, um, the, those old Aaron sweaters, the fishermen sweaters. Well, that's why they're made out of wool is because they can get wet and they will still, um you know, still feel dry to a certain point. The other thing about wool when it's wet is it stays warm. And that's another reason why those fishermen are wearing wool sweaters. Wool also has memory because of the crimp. What that means is, for example, in blocking a shawl, if it's a wool shawl, you can pin it out, let it dry, and it will stay there. But if you get it wet again, it's going to come back to its original shape because the crimps relax again. So so memory is one of the, the big things that wool has as a, as a really good feature. It also dyes really well. And because there's so many different breeds of sheep, you can pretty much find a wool from some breed of sheep to suit any purpose. Which is, I mean, in the end, that's really cool. I mean, that's what our ancestors did a long time ago, they used specific sheep for specific purposes. And like I talked about last week with the, with the breeds book, there are definitely wools that should not be used for clothing. They shouldn't be used for rugs and ropes and things like that. Scottish blackface comes to mind, but it's still a very, like by the same token, you probably wouldn't make a rope or a rug out of merino. I have to admit, I'm really loving working with wool. And I'm probably going to continue to do a lot of work with wool, even as I learn things about um, silk and cotton and linen and mohair and the camelid fibers. Wool and I are just getting along really well. Makes me really look forward to seeing what's at the, going to be at the fleece auction this year. But we're, uh, we're T minus four days from Fiber Week and T minus seven from the fleece auction. I can't wait to tell you all about how Fibre Week went next episode. Fibre Notes I have some big news. The sweater? It's finished. It's, uh, it's sitting over in the living room right now just getting a light block and, and it looks really good. You know, it really does. It, I'm I'm still a little sad that I can't finish it the way it, it's intended to be finished because I do really like the look of that. But on the other hand, the, the idea with the asymmetrical closure does look really good. I just need to find myself a, a really nice uh, pin to hold Uh, hold the neck together and I need to get a couple of large snaps because I need to hold the the underneath side. I need to hold that up. So as I just need, like I said, I just need snaps and a pin. The ends are woven in. It's been through the wash. It's laying out drying right now. It's finished. Only took me four years. So yes, not my last sweater, um, but I'm going to take a bit of a, a break. And we'll just sort of wait and see where, I have to do some measurements on myself. And I think there's a book out there right now called Knit to Fit that tells you how to alter um, patterns so that they genuinely fit you. Because the thing about this sweater is that the, the lower part around the hips fits great. And the upper part doesn't so much. So, so it makes me wonder where I'm at in the different pieces of my body in terms of sizing. So I need to figure that out. I'm going to see if I can maybe get the, the 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 book or a book about fit from the library and take a look. Or maybe I will pick one up at Fiber Week. We'll find out. Anyhow, sweater, check that box. Sweater is finished. I've also been working on the lighthouse shawl this uh, this past couple weeks. I got through to the wave portion, which is the last part before the border. And you know, for a simple pattern, I'm really having trouble actually, you know, counting to five. It it doesn't really matter. I haven't torn back because this this particular pattern, actually, all of the patterns in Lana's book are very forgiving. So it doesn't matter that I've you know I've done six wraps, you know, six multiple wrap stitches instead of five in you know one place and added an extra regular knit stitch between the wrap stitches and another it, it doesn't matter so i'm i'm not stressing about it still looks great still going to hold together so i've got i've gotten about halfway through that section and then it's a knitted on border now I, I was working on it on the train yesterday for worldwide knit in public day and i got to the end of the the one pattern row with the with the multiple wrapped stitches knit stitches and I had an extra stitch which isn't a great thing to have with a four stitch or a four row knitted on border so I have to count on this following row how many stitches I actually have and if I have too many then I'm going to just knit two together and keep going because like I said it's a really forgiving pattern but I didn't want to do that on the train because I It was going to be really hard to count to 576 stitches when you're trying to have a worldwide knit in public day social event. So I'm saving that for probably my break tomorrow at work. I've got another uh, two and a bit uh, repeats of this wave pattern to go and then the Knitted on Border. I'll probably take this as my knitting project to Fiber Week. And hopefully, I mean, I don't expect to have a ton of time. I don't. But, you know, I'll, I'll bring a knitting project possibly two to fiber week and, and, you know, try and find some time to knit on it. And I did cast on a pair of socks, although I probably have to tear them back because I think they're too big. I usually knit my socks on a 2.5 millimeter needle, but I actually have two pairs of socks upstairs uh, that need to be darned and I haven't worn them uh, for, for even a year yet. So I'm wondering, and this is part of the experiment, I'm wondering if my gauge is too loose. Now I'm a tight knitter, so I could be, I I don't know. So I have a two millimeter needles I cast on with those, but I cast on 72 and I usually do my socks as a 64. And I think, I think it's four stitches too much. I tried it on even just the cuff yesterday and it seemed a little big. So I think I'm going to have to tear it back. But I'm just doing a plain sock, you know, like a like a ten ten row uh, ribbed cuff, and then just plain. And the reason for that is because this is a self striper, uh, self striping uh, sock yarn. It's a, a Yavol color. And what flavor do I have? Oh, one three two dot zero three five five. It's very descriptive. Um, it's a it's self striping between browns and grays and pinks and oranges and reds. And Mike was looking at it yesterday when I had it out. And he said, you know, this is totally your colors. If I were to go to a yarn store and pick a sock yarn for you, I'd be picking this one. So I'm like, oh, thanks, honey. (laughs) At least I know I'm, you know, knitting something that I will enjoy wearing. This particular type of uh, sock yarn is the action uh, sock yarn. It comes with uh, a little bit of reinforcing thread, which is pretty cool. It's dyed to match the colors. But it's not like woolly nylon so I'm thinking about how to use this so when if anybody out there has used the the Lang reinforcing thread, can you let me know because what I'm thinking is instead of like with the woolly nylon cutting it off uh, at at the sides of the sole, you just go all the way around the foot but am I right or not? I'm gonna do some looking online and see if anybody has any idea or, or, you know, what, would people have said about using the reinforcing thread. So anyhow, so yeah, just a plain sock, just knitting around. But yeah, like I said, I think I do have to tear it back and go down to a 68 instead of uh, 72, because I think it is too big. And as you know, I could, I could keep going and make them larger socks, but Mike won't wear them. And, uh, <laughs> He would be the one in this house at least, who would wear bigger socks. So I'll eh, I'll see where I'm at, I'll I'll see what my gauge is, I'll do some math, and uh, and then if I have to tear it back, hey, I'm only two inches in. So it's all good. But no, I'm gonna be working on the shawl during my breaks this week. I'll bring the shawl and the socks down to fibre week. And those will be my that, that will be my knitting entertainment. So that is the Fiber Notes update. By the wayside. So I've actually made some pretty decent progress on the tapestry in the last couple weeks. The, the whole idea of working on straight lines until you can figure out what you want to do is actually made it uh, made so that i got some work done i finished off the straight lines in the border and and uh, then i started on the actual words right below the border which was in navy blue yay and i got to a point i'd finished off uh, a word and i still had a decent chunk of navy blue left so i went looking for something else In the in the border that had navy blue, and that happened to be the quirky little centauri type person at the in the top border. So I put the navy blue part in there, and and then I'm like, well, I might as well finish this off. So finished off the navy blue, and then that is all outlined. So I was pretty I was pretty happy with that. As part of the centauri type creature, there was some red, and I ended up with a length of red left. So I was like, well, let's find some straight lines. And hey, one of the spears is in red. So I actually worked on the spear as well. So I was feeling pretty good. This coming couple of weeks, I'll probably do some filling in on the, on the pieces that I've outlined, and uh, and after that, I don't know. Keep working, finding some straight lines to work on. It uh, it seems to be going pretty good. So that is the by the wayside update. Thank you for joining me for episode 12. By the Fiberside is a bi-weekly podcast, and I look forward to bringing you episode 13 on June 30th, 2013. Show notes for this episode can be found at www.bythefiberside.com. Join the discussion in our group on Ravelry. If you need to get in touch with me directly, you can email me at ness, as in Loch Ness, at bythefiberside.com. Thanks again for listening. This is By the Fiberside.